0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bone Robot Games Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Tree Bone, riding solo again. We're trying it this way, and I'm liking it. A quick preface, I'm messing with some sound settings. Last week, when I wear the headset, it sounds super loud. I thought that we were good, and then when I replayed it, it was super quiet, but I couldn't tell until it was online, so I'm sorry. I'm beefing up the sound intake a little bit. I hope it's better. Uh, We'll see. I'll figure it out. So what we're going to do is go over a couple games. It's just a game review thing. I'm going to segue into this. The website I run, I think I'm going to segue over to full podcast review style. I think it's going to work better for everyone. And I've been playing a lot of Game Pass games lately. Game Pass is like my go-to now. I don't want to be a Microsoft shill, an Xbox shill. But, I mean, it's phenomenal. You pay monthly. I've played Doom Eternal on it. I've played, um, you know, the best part is I can try out games. Whether or not, I don't know if I'm going to like them. I'll play Sleeping Dogs. I hated it or something like that, but um, I got to play it. And I didn't have to waste any money because I was already paying for it. So that's really great. It's something that I really like about it. And games come and go, but it doesn't matter because you grab them. You know, you can pre-download. Every day, I just log into Game Pass, and I go to newly added and i see if i have any interest in them and sometimes i don't sometimes i think all these games are stupid and dumb and they're not in the category I like but i try them anyway and sometimes it surprises me and i get to try games out of my element it's it's the best thing that's happened to xbox gaming in all of modern modernity it's it's the newest best thing and three of the three of the games i'm going to talk about today are all on game pass or were at some point and they're all phenomenal They're all big hits, sleeper hits for me, because I wouldn't have played them otherwise. No, no particular order, I guess, but I'm gonna try to save the best for last or something like that. And another thing I try and do with my review style is, we're not reviewing. It 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 doesn't fall into a static number scale. You can't just say this game's a one out of ten because there's so many variables, right? How can you compare Forza to Halo? How can they both be a 6, right? You can't because a 6 in a racing game is not the same as a 6 in FPS. So numbers don't matter. So you need the details. You need to know where I'm coming from, how I enjoyed it, and for what reasons. And as a a precursor to that, my metric, my base metric, is the game has to be fun. There are some games that I don't even care about the story. I don't want to know about them, like... They try and shoehorn in a story. I I just want to play and I want the playing to be fun. A horrible example of this is and sometimes games overcome it, but like in Final Fantasy, and people don't pay attention to this, but I was replaying the beginning of Final Fantasy thirteen and I skipped all the cutscenes. And you literally skip the cutscene. Sorry, my cat's meowing. (laughs) Yeah, I skip the cutscene. It it shoots you forward a little bit and then you walk 20 feet straight ahead, and then you go to another cutscene. And for all I can think to myself is, why did they put this in the game? Why is there a section where you hold up on the control stick for 20 seconds, and then it's back to another cutscene? It's completely pointless. It makes no sense. That's the type of gameplay I don't like. That makes no sense. It's not real gameplay. It's pretend gameplay. So, moving on to the games. First game is Control. Control totally took me by surprise. It was recommended to me by a friend, a confidant, a gamer. And I had seen it shown a few times on video game websites. Um, when it was coming out, it was like, on you know, it showed something on IGN. I go, this looks dull. I don't know what it is. It's confusing. It's stupid. I was mistaken, and I was stupid. I was sadly mistaken. So a friend uh, recommended it to me, and I owe it to them. Uh, but it does an excellent job with its minimalism, I would say. How many games are like Dead Space where there's no UI or very limited UI? You know, Dead Space, they put your health... And your stasis on your character's back in third person, so you can see it. This is the same way. You have like a small meter in the bottom right that is your your gun, which which gun type you have up, your ammo, and that's pretty much it. And there's really nothing else. Everything else is on the screen. There's very little clutter, and it, it's just the way that they fill it. You know, it, it's so it's it's so focused on what's happening on screen instead of checking all of my my accoutrements across the across the board. But right from the start, something I loved about this game is the atmosphere. It has a sort of Lovecrafty and adjacent mysterious horror sort of feel. You know, supernatural vibes, and it never let off the gas. There's all this flavor added and hidden notes and story beats. That was a beautiful touch. So it, you never see this in games. You don't have this atmosphere of, like, spooky you know, all, every horror game I've ever seen, and now it's becoming like a big trend on Twitch for people to play horror games, but they're not actually horror games. It doesn't set like a an ominous tone. It, it just like has jump scares. The scares are because something screamed at you or took you by surprise, and that's not real fear. That's not real atmosphere. It's just anyone can do that. I can accidentally do that to my friend coming out of a doorway, and I say, hey, and they, and they get scared. That's not good. It's just a, a human nervous reaction. So this sets this tone where it's like this spooky and mysterious thing and like stuff will move, you know, in a, in a ghastly sort of style across the room. But it, it's not like heavy handed ghosting where she's like, oh, my God, what was that? It's like it just happens. They don't pay any attention to it. And it's sort of like not the focus. The focus is like it, there's supernatural stuff happening, but you have bigger problems to deal with. And it really is a, an incredible vibe that, that no real game has. And that's why the story sort of takes off, you know, the, um, that and combined with something that gripped me right off the bat, as well as the dialogue, I found myself watching it and something crazy would happen. A book would fly or something, something supernatural happened. Right. And everyone, like all the people that worked at this bureau seemed to be fine with it. And that's all, that's like a nice, a, a trope in horror where like, no one seems to react. Right. If I saw something supernatural, I'd be like, what's going on? I would say it out loud because it's freaky. And it throws so much weird stuff at you right away. And what was interesting to me was I remember playing and I go, what's going on? And probably 10 seconds later, Jesse, the main character, said almost my exact sentiment word for word right after I said it. She was like, um, what's happening here? Something like that. In a scenario where you would suddenly start to experience questionable and undeniable supernatural activities, she was a wonderful mix of cautious optimism, befuddled skepticism, and, and a great heroine. I loved her as a character for every reason. She was cool. She was strong. She was capable. She was, you know, uh, she was also mysterious. And she had her reasons, but they weren't fully out in the open right away. But I just loved that her monologue uh, was questioning what was going on. Like, this is weird. I don't get it." it. It was exactly how I was feeling in the moment. And that has never happened before, at least in a horror game. And so that was phenomenal. And then later on, she has this these incredible conversations with um, people like Emily. Excuse me. I need a drink. Where they're talking, and they're both... The the voice acting is incredible. The character animations are incredible. They feel like real people, which I w- say I have seen in 1% of the games I've played. You know, look at a majority of the games. The characters are, like, unrealistic in every regard. You know, their animations don't make sense. Everything is so stupid. She seemed, it seems so real. I loved it. That was so great. So, right off the gate, I'm hooked from the environment, the ambience, the setup. And then they hit you with the incredible gameplay. You know, they make smart gameplay choices. They overload the player with powerful and fun abilities. And they balance that so that you can use it nearly relentlessly. And that's hard to come by. So, like, the powers are not, you don't have to have mana. Everything's just on a recharge. It just... You can use it, and then it builds back up. And you can use it, and it builds back up. It's infinite. You never get your powers cut off from you unless you're like you know, using them ad nauseum. And the same thing with the gun. It's unlimited ammo. You just have to reload. It's phenomenal. It is the perfect gameplay because no one wants to spend time looking for ammo. No one wants to look for. No one wants to find mana or resource management. You just get to blast away and not tr- and try not to die in the meantime. Which means that it can be difficult. I, something that a lot of games fail at is being difficult and the way that you can make it difficult is give the player a ton of power and then the enemies also can have power and then that balance between letting your character succeed not by having to scrounge for ammo or health or this or that but by giving them a ton of utility and making it hard to progress with that utility or making it balanced to progress once you figure out the game and you know you find something that's overpowered or fun or whatever that's fun it's fun to be powerful. So you know you're trying not to die, and you start off with, you start off standard. That's another key thing that the progression is good. You start with standard yet fluid like movement options, and then later they get fun and powerful upgrades as well. I always felt strong and capable. Many options uh, in every regard: movement, shooting, powers. You get supernatural powers. It, it's incredible. The gameplay is incredible. The story was great. The gameplay was great. I actually loved it so much. I think this is why they put it on there. I immediately bought both DLCs and played them. The base game was on Game Pass. It was a no-brainer. I paid like five bucks extra or whatever. I got both the DLCs. I absolutely loved them. I played through both of them. Just extra gameplay. More of the same. That's what... So like when you get to games at the end, I'm usually burned out. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to beat it and I'm ready to be done with it. This was a game where I got to the end and I said, I'm not done. Give me more. This was so much fun. I want more of this. You know, most of the time you get to the end, you get to the finish and I go, eh, cool. That that about wrapped it up with a nice bow on it. And I was like, I want more control now. They have cool set pieces where I mean especially there's a very very cool section near the end where it's like I can't even say anything without ruining it. Play through it. You'll love it. Control is a play. It took me by surprise. It deserves more accolades than it receives. A well made game by every account. Competent to stupendous story. Stupendous voice acting. Incredible gameplay. Great animations. Characters, music, cutscenes and set pieces. Talking about it is making me want to play it. And it's also one of those games that uh shines in spite of its problems there was like a couple game breaking bugs and, and and they're still minimal but there was a time when I was playing and like I fell through the floor infinitely and I had to restart and there was a time when you know it got like it glitched out or something like something like that happened my game might have fully crashed at some point as well and I did not care I said they're doing so much right I'm sure it's hard to figure this out this had it was like a once or twice instance and I'm fine with that if that's the only thing that happens there were no bugs we're like it didn't load my save or it didn't fuck up in any way it was just you know it crashed whatever games crash sometimes you you, you got to take it and i especially will make excuses for it when the rest of the game is so great and then so so the gameplay is awesome that's my first tick and then the the story the environment all that is great too and then they add the lore in through like you're in it you're in an office bro and there's like case files and briefings and notes you can find and you read them on on the back end or whatever. You just go in your menu, and you can read it, and there's and, and none of it ties to the story. It's not crucial, but it's all this helpful stuff. A guy talking about a supernatural experience he had or one of the items that you're searching for relates to that, but it's not pertinent, and it's awesome, and it's just so great. So Control is a great game. It is truly great. Give it a try. You'll probably like it. I liked it a lot. Gameplay succeeds. If you like Supernatural Stories, it does that very well. It does a lot well and you know there there are some negatives there was like a um oh what's the word um like a trials like a battle trial system it was like on a timed thing and it was like kind of hard to get working properly or figure out what to do but and and that that just was like added that's one of those things it's like it's not for me I don't care about it, but it doesn't take away from my game in any way because you just, like, get tokens if you do it or something for, like, unlockable outfits that I don't care about. So they have stuff that I don't even care about that's added that other people might like. I don't give a crap about any of that. I don't give a shit if if she can wear a cool outfit. I think I unlocked one or two just by going through it, but it didn't matter. So some of the story is, like, at the end, far too supernatural where they're... It goes off the deep end a little bit, but they still pull it off really well. So... Control, great game. I'm not sure if it's still on Game Pass. Um, it was, but it's worth it even if it's not. But it was on for a little bit. So next up, we have a weird game where it. it it's again, I'm not sure if it went off a of Game Pass yet. I can never, I never check when they leave, but because I already finished playing it. But it's Undertale. So it, I tried Undertale when it first came out because there was crazy hype around it on places like Reddit at the time. It was a long time ago. I hated it. It was slow and goofy, and everything that people were saying about it was wrong um and the reason what the thing i found most strange about undertale was the reason i had such a hard time with it was because all the reasons i ended up liking the game are not any of the reasons that people online like the game the characters were like insipid and yet the big talk online was oh about sans sans is so cool and it's so crazy because there's so many playthroughs there's gonna be there's gonna be spoilers for this but there's if you you know people don't know if you play through the game you can, you do like a normal base run of the game, and then you can, after that, it like checks a box, and you can play through it again, but the game remembers kind of what happened the first time, and then you can do a genocide route, or you can do a pacifist route, and literally, it's exactly what they sound like, you either kill everyone, or you kill no one, and so I did the kill no one route, and, um... The weird thing about this game is I wouldn't have known about this if, like, the hype wasn't so strong in the beginning. So it kind of ruined it for me. People were ruining the game for other people by proxy, by they're trying to say, oh, this game's so great. It's a, you go pacifist route, and is all I kept saying. So when I went through it the first time, it was already in my mind, unfortunately, so I, I tried not to kill anyone right off the bat. And the interesting thing about choosing that one was I never fought Sans. And, there, and a big thing about the game was megalovania was like this super huge song that was with it everyone was like oh yeah they're playing i was hearing it everywhere outside the game and i never heard it i kept going i wonder what boss is gonna have megalovania with it and it never happened because it's fucking sans and i never had to fight him on that mode so it's so funny that everyone was like oh it's so cool he's such a cool character and i was like i never even had this interaction i never got to have this fight i never got to have the experiences you did and you're ruining it for me by spouting about them off online. So just shut the fuck up. Just say it's a good game and go play it. So I, I, I it came on Game Pass, and again, Game Pass is a godsend for this because I, I said, it's free. I have no games to play right now. Let me give it another shot. I go in, and I, and, it, and it has the, uh, the Dark Souls effect, and it's not what, what people think. It's not Dark Souls in the way that they think. Dark Souls to me, and this is what I refer to when I say the Dark Souls effect. The first time I played Dark Souls on the 360, I'm playing through, I'm getting my ass beat and I'm going through and I'm going through and I'm going through and I'm getting kind of far in the beginning of the game. Not not that far, but like I was going to, I was getting to like Andre or whatever for the first time, I think. And on my way there, I specifically remember dying to someone, getting so mad that I turned off the game. I sat in my room with my, and someone was with me, one of my friends was with me. I sat in my room with my controller in my hand for probably five minutes and did nothing and just thought about what happened in the game. And then I said, no, nah, I can do this. I can beat this. I know I can do this. And I turned it back on and I just kept playing. That feeling, that's the Dark Souls effect, where something in the game is beyond a game It is beyond a, a typical game and it compels you to keep playing in spite of the whatever it's throwing at you. It compels you to continue because there's something beyond that you have to experience. There's something more that you have to get out of it. So that happened to me with Undertale. I would get to like a choke point or a hard boss. I think it was Un- Undine. Undine. I think her name sounds. I think her, it's it's spelled Undine. That's how I would say it. Anyway, I'm gonna say it like that from now on. So I don't. know It's not. It's only red. I don't know how to pronounce it. So you get to her. It's an extremely hard fight. I would say it's one of the weakest points of the game because it's like a bullet hell fight that you do in like the box where your heart has to dodge their stuff, but it's extremely hard to the point of you can't you can't react to what's happening. You have to basically have memorized a lot of these patterns, which is not great game design. But what was happening in the game was so compelling that I wanted to get past it. So I remember struggling with that for a long time, and I just said... I'm going to pound my head against the wall until I figure this out. I'm just going to brute force it, figure out the pattern, play it over and over until I memorize it and get it down to some muscle memory and do it. And then I did. And there was really not many, there was maybe one more roadblock like that in the game, but some of the, some of the most interesting things about it was you, you, buy, you get all this stuff in the beginning and you go to a shop. It's the first time you get to a shop and you go to sell something and the guy's like, I'm not going to buy that. It's an old stick or whatever your first melee weapon is. And I, it was just something that you've never seen in a video game before, right? You go to the shop and you sell them all your garbage and they give you hundreds of thousands of gold. And this person's like, I'm not going to buy that. And something so simple as that was was more immersive than any RPG I've ever played. There, there These people that you talk to in this game, you know, you can go in and sell a bandana to a weaponsmith. You can go and sell a giant axe to a potion salesman, right? It doesn't matter. And... That's good, and it serves well for most games, but this game was just the right mixture that it made so much sense, and it worked. So things like that are great. And then, so you beat the game, and there's an ending, and I go through and I do the full pacifist, and it was so compelling, and there was such a great, better ending on on full pacifist, and all these things came together. And then I read about the Genocide, which I didn't play. I I just started it. I, I haven't really played too much into it, but you read the Genocide, and... There's these things like if you do genocide before you do the pacifist route, you can't fully complete pacifist in the same way. You will never be able to unlock the same ending unless you delete your entire game file and beat it two more times, which is so intriguing again because there is like a flag there that they've programmed into the game that if you beat genocide, the the meta game, the the the, you know, the multiverse is is overwritten to the point where you have like sold your soul or something like that crazy. And you cannot get the the best ending, which is like filled with friendship and love and you and you and your teammates with everyone. So it's just so interesting that the, there's so many different endings you can get with these and so many different ways it can play out for you, the way you interact with these people. And then beyond that, there's the, you know, you can't sell items to people and, and, and just the interactions you have with people are so goofy and stupid. And there's so many shortcomings. Like obviously graphically, it looks like a fucking pile of shit, and, you know, it's carried by the music. And, and the map design doesn't really make any sense. And it's so annoying to have to walk back and forth. And and it's tedious and it's time-consuming. And, and some of the battles aren't even fun. But there is just something magical about it behind the scenes that is so compelling to play. And, like, the story, the way it plays out is fun. And and, and it's interesting. And the way these characters interact, it's so foreign. You're in some weird underground, under-the-earth thing as as with monsters. And it's so foreign and but they pull it off so well. So, if you can stomach some of the bad parts of the game, it's worth it. They make it worth it in the end. There are amazing moments between characters and there are, you know, amazing interactions throughout the game and there are just so many, you know, subversions of RPG style things like the selling the items that it makes it worth it to go through because it is a one of a kind experience. And I think it's where I played through it twice to do that. I mean, it probably only took six, seven hours to get both those playthroughs, and they felt much longer than that because it was so tiring and time-consuming. But I loved it. I would, I would probably do it again on Genocide. I might, I might go back and do it again. It was that fun. And again, the worst thing about Undertale is the fans. You know, I, 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 I had as about as much as a blind playthrough as you could, but I still knew enough that like. I didn't really kill anyone. I don't think I killed anyone on my first playthrough at all. So that, like, I knew from the start. So that when I went to go redo the Pass Fist playthrough, I didn't have to redo the whole game. I just went back. I, like, beat it and then went back to my save and was able to, like, finish it with the Pass Fist. There's a couple things you have to do, and I was able to finish it. But, you know, so it was a, l- a little bit ruined for me. But there are moments in the game, and I'm ruining for everyone, obviously. But if you haven't played it, um, it's it's worth it to play it and if you have I mean it's just such it's it's something that I've won as soon as I it was like a movie when I got done with it all I wanted to do was discuss what happened with people and say oh what happened for you did this happen for you wasn't it so great when this happened wasn't it so powerful when this happened and I haven't had a, a moment like that in a game where what for a while where it was like it felt it left an impact on me when I was done so Undertale was like this this sleeper agent that snuck up on me I hated the first time I played through a combination of like, it's, it's, it is a a slog in the beginning. And also, uh, the people, Oh, and and a reason I also didn't play it the first time was because I was like not enjoying it. And because I knew that there was like several playthroughs and I was like, I don't know if I have the tenacity to have to like play through this game twice to get like a, a complete feeling for it. And you know, since it was free on Game Pass, the second time I just didn't care. I guess I don't know. I was able, I was like being able to sit down from my Xbox and play it. I was like, let me give it a shot. Let me power through. And, I, and then I couldn't put it down. And it was a great game. So play Control, play Undertale, and then the one I have to say for the last one, I've been thinking about nonstop. Such an interesting game is Hades. Hades is such a phenomenal game. With perhaps its only flaw being that eventually you do run out of content. So it took me about 70 plus, a little over 70 hours to get, and every achievement to get sick of the game. But it happened eventually. That's probably its only flaw. I don't even count that as a flaw because every step of the way working up to that point, it was magical and enchanting and a glorious fun time. I looked forward to playing Hades every day and I played it on repeat until I couldn't take it anymore. For most games, I tap out much sooner. Uh, there's many games I don't play several times. Most games, I I, I get bored and I have to quit. I, I tried playing Resident Evil the other day, Resident Evil Four, and I quit before the end. I hated it. I, I I it was dog shit. I'll say that right now. Uh, but Hades, I was like, it was one of these games that gripped me, where I it happens sparsely, and I know I'm talking about some hits right now, but it happens so few and far between that I very rarely will do that and I would just come every day and be like I can't wait to fucking go play some more. I beat it 50 times or or more by the time that I had finished it. I was just I could not stop. I got the epilogue. I got all the way through. So Hades is a testament to video game's ability to execute things well. The story is done in these short bursts and in small fashion. So overall it encompasses a much larger scope but is told to you in Bits of text here, bits of dialogue with person to person. So you just have like 25 people that you're having dialogue with over the course of this game. That's the only story you get. It's the only way you get it is from them discussing things with each other. And it was perfect. There's no exposition, there's no waiting, there's no cutscenes. You play the game, you have a short conversation, you move on. You play the game, you have a short conversation, you move on. And it was perfect. It is executed so well. I absolutely loved it. It spreads out what would be these long, boring exposition over the course of hours of dialogue across dozens of runs. So it's, it's not only like highly bearable. You don't have to sit there. It's not Metal Gear where there's an hour and a half straight you have to watch a cutscene. So I would actively look forward to getting new lines of conversations and interactions with people along the way because they were written so well. They were characterized so amazingly. they're voice acted so incredibly. Everything was awesome. They drip-feed you content in perfect amounts. It is a perfect amount of pacing. You slowly unlock more and more things to do, more and more quests to complete at a rate that fits oh, Chef's Kiss exquisitely. It's a textbook example of a game done well. Everyone should follow Hades' lead. I mean, not everyone, obviously. Every game has its own separate style. But this was remarkable. It should have been Game of the Year after playing it. And I played Doom Eternal. I don't know what else was on there. Last of Us, I never played that, but it's probably Dog shit. Last of Us 2, certified tree bone robot dog shit. Hades is incredible. And then, so when you have such a game again, my, my first thing that I look for is gameplay. When you have a game that is so gameplay focused, it, it already checks so many boxes. And then, that I love it, right? The gameplay is first and foremost. It is just a, a roguelike. You have to beat every dungeon without dying to make it through the end. They make that fun in so many different ways. And here's another one of the good things. Well, the music was incredible. I would stop playing at certain points to listen to it in longer segments. Specifically, the music plays that when you, spoiler alert, finally defeat Hades and reach Persephone's garden for the first time. And every time afterwards. I, I, I did it on stream. I think it might have been the first time I beat it. And I literally sat there with my headphones on, just not progressing the dialogue because that part was so good. The music was so incredible. And it's like a little tidbit that they have on repeat until you press the next button and then it slowly dies out but it was it made me feel emotions i loved it phenomenal the fighting along the way always felt fun it felt tight it's varied every time it fulfills the golden rule of games i've been talking about um everything is excusable if it's fun above all else the gameplay needs to be good it needs to be fun to play every weapon feels good which is something that they don't often have um so there's six weapons, the sword, the shield, the bow, um the spear, the gun thing, the gun rail and the claws. They all feel good. They have all very cool unlockable variants and dataless hammer, hammer upgrades and alternatives. So they all have like an unlockable ultimate weapon, which again, you're hours and hours into this game. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing left to this. There's nothing left to the game. And then you talk to Hades, the first one I unlocked blew me away. You talk to Hades and he goes, "Oh, these weapons have secret aspects that have been uh you know, they tie into the story in a very cool way. They go, "Oh, it's it's the weapons are so powerful and so magical, they know their owners throughout all of time." And and uh, Achilles says to you that he saw that you were going to have it, at the spear after him, but he also just had a vision of who will have it in the future, far into the future, and he says, um to say a key word to it. And when you say a word to it, and this is the first weapon I did this to, you say and then you know Zagreus walks up and says a line to the to the weapon and it um it, it says aspect of uh, Guan Yu. And it's Guan Yu from you know the Chinese dynasty's spear. And it looks like his Halberd and it has special abilities that you don't get on the other aspects of the gun. Or the, the spear. And it's just so cool. And they all have this. The sword is King Arthur. And the the gun is Lucifer. And they all have these incredible ones. They're extremely cool in their construction. They're cool in the story. You know, many stories that lean on Greek mythology for lore do not characterize anyone half as well as this. What's that game? That's like a Breath of the Wild knockoff. Oh, jeez. The Phoenix Rising. What the fuck is that game called? You know what I'm talking about. They, they do it. And... It was dog shit. It was doo the, they, they steal. You have all this Greek mythology and lore that's already there, and they took a dump on it. They couldn't figure it out. And this one, like, I'm not even sure if Zagreus is a real character. They, they did everything so well. Everyone's so cool. They're, they're true to their story for the most part, but that doesn't even really matter. They do cool shit with them. They characterize them in awesome ways. The art for these characters is impeccable. Everything is well done. You play the same dungeons on repeat over and over, and it took me 70 hours to get tired of it with the same weapons. It's the best game I've played this year. I'm not joking when I say it's undoubtedly top 10 of video games I've played all time. Maybe top 5. It's a supreme and elite game in composition and execution of all facets. I'm not joking. It's that good. When I talk about this game, I put it in the conversation for top 5 games I've ever played. I consider games of all time. It is that good. It's amazing. If you play one game this year, play Hades. And it's on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, play Hades. And if you don't like it, you're bad. You're bad at video games. That's all there is to it. It is so good. If you don't like roguelikes, it probably isn't for you. Everyone else, it's for you. I know people that like it just because of the characters. A lot of people do. You know how Twitter gets. They're just like, yeah, cool. These guys, I'm attracted to this f- fake person. <laughs> and they love it. So, those are my three games to play. Game Pass, Hits, whatever you want to call it. Control, Undertale, Hades. All one word. Is that is that a secret? Who knows? Um, two other games I've been playing, and these are like ongoing games, so I like to touch back on them as much as possible, is Overwatch and Apex. Uh, they're rife with problems, so I'm only going to touch on them briefly. I'm just saying, every time I play Apex, is a new problem. And I just talked about Apex, so I'm not going to talk about it very long. But I, I also still play it because when it when it works, it works. I was playing it today, I was having a complete blast. So it is there are bones of it that make up a good core, a good skeleton. It's not a perfect game. I blame EA, whatever, Activision. Who who makes a game? EA, respawn? Who gives a shit? They bo- they all suck. Overwatch is fucking dog shit, but it's the only game nowadays that's that can play crossplay. I play with someone on Switch and playstation and xbox and pc all at the same time we could play quick play it's a blast if there's more games that let me do that that's all i care about and we don't even care if we lose it's fun to finally be able to play a game across all systems and enjoy ourselves and it's dope and it's fun so i mean that's 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 for those two if you want to play either of the games with me i'm always down i'm always playing online games so i want to touch on those three specifically because they were on my mind i just played them recently and Undertale a little further back in control before that, but they were—I've been wanting to talk about them. They're—they're they're really good. Um, they might not be. I mean, Hades is just incredible. Undertale is really good. They—they they, they shine in spite of their flaws, and Hades might not even have flaws. It's that good of a game. I'm not joking. Give it a shot. So uh, that's this episode. Of the Bone Robot Games podcast, I'm going to be doing more reviews on here this way because um, I think it's just better for this. It's a better medium. You can you can listen. You don't have to read. I don't have to type anything up, and it's easier to get all my points across. And I also have a lot more things I'm going to start doing with the with the podcast. I don't know how to do stuff live. I'm going to figure that out. But I'm going to I'm I'm planning on going to a Smash Bros. tournament soon, and I'm going to do some interviews with some of the people there. We're going to see how that goes. I have to figure out how to work this thing. How to do several tracks at once or whatever but we're gonna we're gonna figure it out live together okay how about that let's hold hands and do it together so come check out my stream i've been streaming diablo 2 non-stop lately i already have 80 hours over in that but that's a different story entirely we'll talk about that on stream uh twitch.tv slash tree bone robot baby we got it going on over there check out the website for now it's you know uh bone and we have bone robot games podcast obviously on all platforms Spotify, everything. And then on Twitter, I'm um, at TreeBoneX, I think. Let me double check. I forget. So come hang out with me on Twitter. I'm always looking for people. I need mean, to come hang out on my Discord. I'll give you an invite. What's my at? TreeBoneX, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to have more game reviews on here very soon. Uh, and there's more to come. So stick, stay tuned. Thank you for being here. I love all of you. Uh, goodbye and good night.